Deion Barnes is back in the fold. Penn State just got a class of 2025 commit. I mean, Penn State football and recruiting is just rolling right now. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and feels like this is just a regular thing now. Uh, Wednesdays are for Penn State Wrestling, Wrestling Wednesdays, and the voice of Penn State Wrestling is back. Jeff Ironhead Byers on the other side. Jeff, it's always a privilege. Great to see you on the video component. Uh, audio, I mean, you do a lot of radio, so this is good for our audio listens, listeners as well. Thanks again for coming back on. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, Penn State wrestling ha- has done a lot. We're going to talk Penn State football first. I feel like that's a good opener for the the middle and end here as we're going to recap Iowa and then preview Ohio State in this three-leg road trip that they that the wrestling team has. Uh, but a little bit of Penn State news. Uh, National Signing Day, the second one anyway, uh, is today. They're expected to make some noise in recruiting uh, and, and we'll talk about the commit from the class of 2025. But more importantly, uh, they they got basically a recommit. Uh, Dion Barnes is sticking around for for another season. That that's the big news. Uh, the players love him. The coaching staff loves having him on. I, I feel like he's a young up and coming coach, and and I really didn't want to see him go. But he's staying for at least another year as he moves from the graduate assistant position to now an analyst role, and he'll be able to help out in recruiting. Uh, from from your perspective, from what you might know, and just your opinion, what's your take on Dion Barnes sticking around for at least another year? Yeah, I think it's significant on a couple of different fronts. Uh, one is, you know, I think that he is a guy that has obviously a passion for Penn State and, and obviously for football. But I think, you know, the fact that he is uh, – so close uh, in age and, um, you know, relevance for the players that are in high school. I mean, I I think he is uh, a a wonderful asset in terms of somebody that can connect with the the kids as they come in and and as they're uh, being recruited uh, and can kind of give the, the overall perspective of the program, what it has to offer. And, you know, it feels to me, Zach, that this is just kind of building right now on the momentum that the program has. And I think that, you know, you're seeing most, if not all of the key components um, that can stick around, stick around here uh, for what I think many are projecting now to be uh, at least potentially a very special season next year. And this just feels like another a good piece in in that direction for the program and I just think Barnes is a as you said I think he's a guy that has a very bright future in the coaching ranks and I think uh, again he has I I think it's going to be good for him to be around this program for another year and and to be able to learn from uh, the coaching staff that James Franklin has put together and Franklin himself uh, but I think Penn State uh, benefits big time here uh, as well by having him 
uh, around for another year and being able to tap into his expertise, um, both in, in terms of football knowledge and understanding, uh, but really in just kind of that relationship building with the, the players that they're bringing in and, and that are still being recruited by the program. Relatability. Uh, that's the, that's one time. way, one way to sum it up uh, with, especially the high school kids and, and young, young student athletes. They're young men. And, you know, he has, what I like is that he has that recent NFL experience. He played at Penn state. He played under Joe Paterno. Um, and, and on top of that, uh, he's a guy that is, as you mentioned, he's loyal to Penn State. I am all for coaches that believe that University Park is the place to be. This isn't a stepping stone for him. This is home if home wants him here. So I'm glad that he was able to get a pay increase. He was to get a little more of an all-encompassing role uh, and gets to do what he does best. And the analyst roles have changed Uh Nebraska got hit pretty hard because they had, well, you can't have too many coaches and analysts aren't considered coaches. So that's a, a violation now that they've changed those rules. Sorry, Scott Frost. Um, yeah. But uh, Dion Barnes is able to get past those rules now uh, and be really involved and still be more or less a coach, even though he is an analyst. Yes. Uh, and then speaking of recruiting, we said that he's going to have a big pack in, a, as a recruiting coordinator. In addition to this analyst role, uh, Penn state doesn't, Get a recruit for the class of 2023, not even the class of 2024, Jeff. They go all the way out to 2025, a sophomore in high school right now, and that is Jalen Matthews, a four-star offensive tackle. I, I know that, Jeff, you're you're sifting through a lot of tape when it comes to Penn State wrestling, so you we just know that he is a massive prospect. He's six foot six, listed at 290 pounds. He's one of the top offensive tackles in the country as a sophomore uh, in that class of 2025. Penn State's getting a top 100 prospect, uh, a top five player at his position, all the more important. Uh, Jeff, what does this tell you about Phil Troutwine and the job that he's done? Because I remember not too long ago, two years, if it was even that far out, maybe even just a, a little over a year ago, that people were calling for him to be fired. Yeah, I think it, it's huge for him and, and it's uh, huge for the program um, on a couple of different fronts. One is obviously offensive line is a constant need. Uh, and, you know, Penn State, I think, uh, finally broke through and, and got much-needed improvement uh, with that front that this past season. But you're always looking to upgrade, and you know, and the offensive line is just an area that you just can never get enough top-end prospects because, uh, as we've talked about over the years, it's just by far the toughest position uh, group to recruit because it's really hard to get uh, – guys that you know are going to be able to translate uh, to the college level because a lot of these guys are dominating at the high school level just because they're bigger and stronger than the uh, other uh, guys that they're facing. And then they get to the college level and you realize, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. they don't have the footwork necessary or they don't have the technique necessary to actually uh, make this translate at the collegiate level against other big time talent. Uh, so, I, but I think, you know, from all accounts, obviously this guy is having a uh, terrific start to uh, his scholastic career and projects uh, very highly. But the other thing I think uh, that this provides is a, is a one of those guys that you now can point to to help in that recruiting process. And it's like, yeah, 
Do you want to be part of a program that, you know, does whatever Penn State does over the next couple of years? Uh, but do you also want to be, you know, part of the, the next uh, wave here, if you will? And this is a guy that you can point to and say, hey, this guy's going to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you want to join in and, uh, and be part of this as well. And I think, uh, you know, New Jersey obviously is always very fertile uh, recruiting ground uh, and important uh, recruiting ground uh, for Penn State and, and really any of the, the big time schools. So I, I think this is a big get on a, a number of different fronts. Uh, for Penn State and for uh, Troutwine. And listen, I think just, uh, again, to me right now, you're just trying to keep everything heading in the right direction. And this just feels, again, like another piece of, oh, yeah, man, Penn State has things popping uh, and heading, heading in the right direction across the board. And I think when you look at the stability right now, uh, you look at the young stars that uh, Penn State has. You look at the foundation that they're building uh, within the program. And now you're looking at, you know, the next few recruiting classes uh, and the possibilities that are there. And, uh, again, it's hard to not have a good feeling about what is happening within the program right now. It is Locked on Nittany Lines. I'm Zach Seiko, your host, with special guest, the voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Ironhead Byers. We're talking some wrestling next, coming up after this. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited for our new sports betting partner of Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting easy and fun. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when all you got to do is place your first $5 bet. So all you got to do is go up and sign Sign up on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads and player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet and you get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This is Locked On Nittany Lines. I'm Zach Seiko with special guest, the voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Ironhead Byers. And before we move on, Jeff, Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. All you got to do is subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. That is locked on NFL draft. Penn State wrestling uh, gets a, I, I can't call it really a much needed, but just a, a reassuring victory. Uh, this is a team that is going to finish undefeated. Uh, They're going to finish number one overall. And then it's just a matter of wrestling their way through the Big Ten tournament and then ultimately the NCAA championships out in Tulsa. And it's a matter of how many wrestlers they're going to get on the podium. Uh, obviously, the biggest one of the bigger storylines is that Levi Haynes, his red shirt is completely gone. Uh, I say that they definitely needed him for this one. Uh, and I will explain why. But Jeff, you're the wrestling expert. So I want your opinion on this. A 23 to 14 victory. 
Uh, Roman Bravo Young comes to mind, Aaron Brooks, Max Dean, Haynes himself. In your opinion, because you saw it firsthand and called it live on the radio, who had the most important bout? Who had the most important victory? Who had the best performance? However you want to, however you want to split that. Yeah, I, I think uh, for me, there there are two guys that, that jump out. And listen, I think uh, all six wins were important and big in in different ways. Obviously, Roman getting a pin uh, yeah. was really big at the the time of that dual meet. And I think uh, you know, given what happened over the next couple of bouts. Uh, was even more critical that he got those extra uh, three points on, on the board for Penn State heading into the second half of the dual meet. But to be honest with you, for me, uh, Greg Kirkfleet was was really the most important because even though he had that uh, win over Tony Cassiope at the All Star meet that you know doesn't officially count on either's record, but right. obviously everybody knows that it occurred. Um, but I think coming off the loss to Mason Paris and Cassiope, Cassiope has been a thorn in his side mm-hmm. the last couple of seasons. And Cassiope has been a guy that has come up really big, really consistently uh, for Iowa in these dual meets and obviously was undefeated on the season. And I thought uh, that was just a, a really big kind of bounce back bout. I mean, I know he had a, a bout in between there uh, as well between uh, Paris and Cassiope, but to me, Kirkfleet just looked good. Uh, it really never felt like Cassiope was threatening to win that bout. Uh, no. And that's really the first time. I mean, even the All-Star meet, it, you know, Cassiope felt like he was coming on there at the end. And this one, I just thought Kirkfleet really controlled it uh, from the outset. And it just was a, a really good, solid victory. Again, it was a big win for Haynes just because of, again, the momentum that Iowa mm-hmm. had had and, uh, the fact that, you know, the red shirt was pulled and we've seen, uh, you know, Penn State before pull a red shirt uh, with Mark Hall and the, the result against Iowa didn't go as well in that first uh, time out. Uh, so I do think that was really big for Levi Haynes to get a, a taste of, uh, you know, that that atmosphere uh, and that caliber of competition with uh, with all of the pressure on him. But uh yeah, Kirkfleet to me was, I, and I realized the duel was basically in hand at yeah. that point. Uh, I still, I really liked the way he came out and, and competed. Yeah, I have to piggyback off of Levi Haynes winning three to two against another ranked wrestler. But you, you talked about Iowa's momentum. Uh, Iowa was going to win if if Haynes had lost that. Iowa would have hypothetically won four matches in a row. And then if you swing that point total around, which is something that I brought up already, is that you subtract three from Penn State and you add three to Iowa, assuming that uh, Levi Haynes loses that and it's a three-point decision in favor of Iowa. That's a six-point swing. And now this is a tied dual meet uh, between Kirkfleet and Cassiope. And now tensions are really high. Things are a lot different. Uh, Penn State's wrestling from behind late as opposed to leading with, yeah. uh, you know, get and getting Max Dean to ice the match, essentially. Because technically, Kirk Fleet, if he had given up a pin, I wasn't expecting that. But it would have made things, obviously, very interesting. And Iowa would have won. Uh, but it, Kirk Fleet dominated, as you mentioned. I just think, like, all, with all the hypotheticals, if Haynes doesn't get that win and, and breaks up, the the losing streak that Penn State had in the middleweights there, uh, things could have uh, gone off the rails there, and Iowa would have pulled pulled off quite the upset. People, I don't know that people think about that enough uh, at the end of the day. 
Yeah, no, it was a cr critical bout at, at a critical time of the dual meet. And, um, you know, I think Levi's a better wrestler than, than Seabrooked. And I think uh, if they meet again in the postseason, yeah. uh, I expect that that margin will widen a little bit. Uh, but it was, I, again, it's it's one thing to be better. It's another to produce when you need to produce. And, uh, you know, for a true freshman at the, the college level, uh, that is is not an easy task against an Iowa team that was – uh, very difficult to score on and, and finding a way to get the takedown um, was absolutely huge for, for Levi Haynes. And again, I think uh, sets him up well right now for a, a really good stretch run. And I think he, he and the other freshmen are, are the guys that you're looking to just kind of make those uh, jumps here in levels uh, between now and March and, and, you know, try to, to really, get into the mix for high All-America honors anyway. What did you make of 174? Uh, Carter Storacci, uh, not the most resounding win. I guess I'm just, you know, we're just all kind of spoiled as Penn State wrestling fans. Yep. And Carter Storacci usually wins that meet, uh, that matchup 12 to 1 instead of uh, 2 to 1 here. Uh, Nelson Brands is ranked 16th, so he's not a slouch, but I feel like there's such a gap between Carter and just 2, 3, and 4 at 174. So, uh, is it just a matter of an off night? Did Nelson Brands really give it his all? Uh, what, what's your takeaway from that one? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I, I do think Brands wrestled uh, a very smart tactical match uh, against Carter. Uh, I also think Carter, uh, that ride in the third period was impressive stuff. I mean, I, I don't think that should be underrated. It was kind of uh, – what, it reminded me of Roman and uh, Ragus in the, the week before uh, where, you know, Roman just wrote out the, the third period in that case. Uh, and it was closer than people were expecting. But I think there's a little bit of a statement you can make in a, in a close match when you can get that uh, minute of riding time and, and take care of business in the third period when you need to. Um but I, I thought Nelson, I, you know, I think Carter learned some things from that bout, and I, and I expect if they meet again, uh, Carter will be able to do uh, a little better job of setting up his shots and then capitalizing. Um, but, I, again, I think a, a lot of it had to do with Nelson just being really well prepared. I, I mean, mm -hmm. Iowa has a great coaching staff, and, yeah. uh, and Brands obviously has been around wrestling all his life and, you know, knows, uh, knows what he's doing. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was the sharpest that Carter's ever looked, but I also, uh, again, I give a lot of credit to, to Brands and Iowa. That being said, I, I never, as I'm watching the bout, and I mean, I know it's close, and, you know, he can, wrestling's a sport where you make one mistake and it can be, uh, really costly. It just never had the feel to me of about where Carter was really in danger of, of losing the match uh, to Brands. But uh, again, I give Nelson a, a lot of credit. I think Carter will be just fine. And uh, I know he's looking forward to uh, avenging uh, one of his uh, collegiate losses this coming weekend. Yeah. Penn State is at Indiana on Sunday. Yeah, and the final thought from the dual meet against Iowa again, Penn State beating Iowa 23-14, to 14, number one versus number two, and we have the voice of Penn State wrestling on here unlocked on Nittany Lines. That is Jeff Ironhead Byers. Uh, Jeff, at 125 pounds, basically everyone on the planet 
thought that Spencer Lee was going to walk away with a pin. He, he came away with a tech fall, which is still five points, but just what? And, and there was a switch. There was a switch. Marco Vespa uh, was inserted into the lineup as opposed to Gary Steen. So uh, was this a little bit of strategy on the part of Kale Sanderson saying that Vespa was just better at staying off his back than a Gary Steen? Uh, because that's where I think the momentum started for Penn State. I know Ro Roman Bravo Young, RBOI's pin, that really gets the crowd going. But again, when the entire universe thinks that Spencer Lee is going to get six points there and he doesn't, it just again, what did what did Vespa do in that moment that at least prevented him and he and he had him in a cradle too he also started spencer lee off with a nice cradle before lee ultimately won 18 yeah i i think that the I, really i think the reason vespa was there was just because of his length and it's something that obviously spencer lee had not you presume anyway was not mm -hmm. scouting uh vespa and so it was just uh yeah i think just a little switch up hey let's see if we can catch uh you know iowa by surprise not uh you know, not that uh, Vespa's uh, top end talent, but a, mm -hmm. he does have some uh, explosiveness to him, as you saw. And I think with his length, uh, you know, what they got exactly what they were hoping for, Penn State did, in terms of, hey, if, if you can hit that cradle uh, and you can keep that baby locked up, you know, who knows? Maybe you have the, uh, the win of the uh, decade here uh, in terms of an upset in college wrestling. But I think, um, you know, it, it's interesting because Vespa's been ahead in, in a lot of his bouts. And then he actually, uh, I think, is now 0-6 or 0-7 in his career, and he's been pinned four times. So mm -hmm. you look at it on paper, and it's like, well, what are you doing? You're going against <laughs> a guy that's on a pinning streak, and this is a guy that gets pinned. But he's been ahead in those bouts. And, again, I think there was just uh, a feeling that, Listen, he'll he'll go out and at least provide that explosiveness early, uh, and you know, hopefully stay off of his back uh, throughout that first period, which is exactly what he did. Uh, I was surprised that Lee. I know he, he went for that armbar a couple of times, and it was uh, stopped with the you know potentially dangerous. And Lee was, I, I mean, it was properly stopped. I went back and looked at it, and the. You, can't move up you know on the above the shoulder blade there and so uh i think i think lee kind of gave up a little more quickly than i would have expected in terms of trying to get the pin but i also think part of it was lee just wanted to get off the mat after that cradle attempt by vespa didn't want to uh tempt fate and yeah. once he got the you know realized that he could roll him uh, you know over that he hey let's just take the the tech fall and get out of here and uh, and go back to work. So um, I think ultimately it probably worked out pretty well for both teams uh, at the end of the day. I mean, Iowa got the, the five points, but uh, Penn State prevented the six. And again, Marco gave the, the crowd its first uh, energetic jolt of the night. Yeah. Definitely. It is Locked On Nittany Lions with special guest Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. And Jeff's going to be on the road at someone who shouldn't be overlooked, Columbus, Ohio. The Buckeyes are number five in the country when it comes to dual meets. We're going to preview Penn State versus Ohio State and this three-leg road trip that the Nittany Lions have after beating Iowa. It's coming up next.
Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lines. My name is Zach Seiko. Final segment with Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. It's a wrestling Wednesday when this episode's going up, uh, and Penn State's now going to go on the road. Uh, they've had two tough dual meet victories. They beat number three Michigan, number two Iowa, now number five Ohio State. So it's not that this gets any easier. Uh, I mean, they do get a little bit of a breather down the stretch. Don't get me wrong, but we're going to talk about all of that here. Is they got Ohio State at Indiana and at Rutgers as well uh, on this three game road, three match road stand, I should say here. But uh, Ohio State's definitely the the toughest of them all uh, because you're going to get ranked matchups up and down the board, except at 174. And Ohio State, uh, it's going to be a sellout crowd. Uh, and Penn State's got to travel again after being pretty comfy and cozy at home in either of Rec Hall or the Bryce Jordan Center now. So Ohio State's definitely going to be up for this match. Um, but I, I still like Penn State to win handedly. Uh, Jeff, when you look at the the 10 matchups, which one are you most excited for? Yeah, I think that there's a couple that are really uh, intriguing uh, to me. I, I, I really think Ohio State... Uh, is a team that could uh, surprise some people and make some noise uh, in the postseason tournaments. I, I think it is a really talented lineup. Uh, they're just now getting healthy, and I think they have a lot of belief in themselves. And they're kind of like Penn State in that they have a lot of good veteran uh, presence with guys that have accomplished a lot already in their careers. But they really have an infusion of uh, young talent that, you know, the future uh, – is very bright because of uh, some of the guys that are hitting the mat for the first time uh, this season. I, I think the bout that I'm probably most excited to see uh, is uh, is Harshla and uh, Facundo because yeah. uh, both of these guys are, are really dangerous. Uh, I mean, I've been talking about it all year, but at 165 to me uh, and 149 would not be far behind, but 165 is just – such a loaded weight class, both nationally and in, in the Big Ten. I mean, I think there are legitimately six or seven guys that could win the title at the Big Ten championships. Yeah, and I think fair. there's probably as many as 10 that I think are in legitimate contention uh, to win the national title this year. And, and usually, you know, you have two or three guys that you're like, okay, well, these guys are the guys that are at the, you know, you either have, a, no. like Spencer Lee is the guy, and then you have a couple of guys, uh, or you have a weight class where you might have two or three, and then there's a drop-off or three or four and a drop-off. I just, I, 165 to me, it's just a really fascinating weight class. Um, and I think both there and 149 are just going to be a, a heck of a lot of fun. But 165 in the Big Ten especially is uh, is just a really deep weight class. Uh, and I think I have probably 157 and 165 are the two that uh, I, I think are uh, going to be a, a lot of fun for fans to to watch and check out. And again, for Penn State, it's uh, it's all about getting these freshmen more experience and uh, hopefully get some wins and, and some more confidence as you make the turn toward the postseason here. I know you're bringing uh, I 165 is definitely one that I have circled because I want to see Alex Facundo continue to push into that national spotlight because he finally got there uh, and then he ultimately drops a tough one uh, against his Iowa counterpart and now he's got that chance to follow it up uh, on the road and, and obviously 184 is very enticing I feel like Caleb Romero has been there for quite some time now I yeah. feel like people probably say that about Aaron Brooks 
but you're getting a top five matchup and potentially a Big Ten and maybe even an NCAA championship bout. Uh, you're definitely getting that, I think, uh, it, when it comes to the Big Ten. We'll see about the the true finals out in Tulsa. Uh, but what kind of implications can that have with uh, Brooks, who's, who's looked – I think he's, I mean, obviously the clear-cut number one, but sometimes we have seen him be vulnerable. Yeah, I think he's made some some adjustments uh, to what uh, the way he's training and the way he's preparing uh, since the the loss down at New Orleans, and um, I'm really impressed with what Aaron Brooks is doing right now. Yeah, uh, just uh, was up in the room for a little bit uh, earlier this week and watching him. Uh, he was rolling around with Alex Facundo and just going over some things uh, along with the, the, the coaching staff going over some things with him. And I just, uh, I just think he's in a really good place right now. Uh, and I, and you're right. Romero is really good. I mean, I, you know, certainly don't take anything for granted. I just think right now uh, Aaron Brooks is, is getting himself back into that level where, it's him, and then there's a drop-off, and then yeah. there's everybody else. Uh, now, again, that being said, obviously any given day anything can happen, and I'm not – there's nobody out there, Spencer Lee included, that's unbeatable. I mean, you saw that. If, if Espa keeps that cradle tight, uh, who knows? So, you know, wrestling's a sport that can humble you very, very quickly. But I, I really like the way Aaron Brooks is wrestling right now. Uh, all the respect in the world. Romero is – yeah, as, as good as it, it gets uh, outside of Aaron Brooks in the Big Ten. And I do think that'll be a, uh, a really good uh, test. Um, and, and listen, I, you know, 157, again, Levi Haynes keeps coming up big. Uh, yeah. Patty Gallagher is, uh, is no slouch. Uh, and, uh, and Haynes knows that. They, they met, uh, I, think it was, uh, I think it was the Edinburgh Open last year. Uh, and Haynes needed a late takedown to win the open title over uh, Gallagher. So, I mean, these two know each other and, and they know what to expect. And this will be, a, again, another big test for, uh, for Haynes as well. Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling, is here on Locked on Nittany Lions. And Jeff, you're going to be on the road on Friday. You're going to be on the road on Sunday as well. And then another road match when they go up to uh, Piscataway when they take on Rutgers. So that is later on. But uh, in Columbus and then Indiana, most importantly, it's a three-leg road trip here, right? Back to back to back to back uh, before you get Maryland and ultimately Clarion, who are some little more lackluster opponents, uh, to put it lightly, to finish the season before the Big Ten tournament, where all the individuals take place, and then the NCAA championships. Uh, Penn State, what do you believe is Penn State's biggest challenge to remain focused when they have to go on the road like this three times? Yeah, I think, you know, truthfully, Zach, these road meets have been uh, – under Cal Sanderson and even before Cal came in, they're neat opportunities to for the team to to really bond and, and come together. And I think, uh, you know, we've seen that over the years. These guys are a close-knit group. Uh, they, you know, hang out. They'll just hang out in their rooms or, uh, you know, if there's a movie theater or something close by, they, they may go do that. But uh, it's, it's really an opportunity just for the – uh, relationships to get stronger uh, within the, the, the team. You know, 
the arenas are going to be – I think Ohio State will have a great crowd. Uh, I think Indiana actually should have a, a good crowd. That, that Indiana team is uh, – you know, it's one of the better teams they've had in the last couple of decades. Uh, and, you know, and Rutgers obviously is going to draw well, uh, especially with Penn State uh, yeah. coming out there. So, you know, I think the atmosphere – but you, you've come to expect that if you're uh, wrestling at Penn State. You know you're going to get – uh, good crowds that are uh, are into it uh, when you're competing. So I think that part's all all good. And I think there are some really good individual matchups here in all of the remaining dual meets, Maryland and Clarion included. So, uh, yeah, I mean, team-wise, you're certainly expecting Penn State uh, to win these. I do think Ohio State, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, is there a path to victory – yeah, it's a pretty unlikely path for the Buckeyes, but I think that's the one team remaining on the schedule that, yeah, you could draw up a scenario mm-hmm. that's not all that far-fetched where Ohio State wins the dual meet. But I think really for Penn State right now, it's more about uh, you know this final month of the, the season. Let's uh, make the improvements uh, and, and get each guy as close to being uh, on top of their game as you can when March rolls around. And you know, if that if there's one thing that Kale Sanderson and the staff have uh, done well, and they've done a lot well, uh, but the biggest thing is that they they do get these guys peaking and wrestling their best in those postseason tournaments, and especially obviously at the NCAA championships. Uh, and it certainly feels to me right now like that this team is heading in that uh, that same path. I I really like the fact that they had that Iowa duel last week and the Michigan duel the, the previous week. Uh, just to get a feel for those guys and to be able to to go back and you know wins and losses with the individuals. Uh, let's go back, look at what is working, what isn't working, the areas we need to improve on. You know, there are some guys that have got to get uh, better off of the bottom, and you know, there's some technique things, there's some uh, mindset uh, things that they, they can work on, and you know, you still have a month, a little over a month, to be able to work on all of that stuff. And that's important because it, you, you have the kids now knowing, seeing firsthand, all right, yep, I, I absolutely do have to work on this if I want to get uh, to where I want to be. And, you know, all of these guys in the Penn State lineup have All-American or national championship uh, aspirations. And, um, you know, uh, they've got some work to do to, to get there uh, when March rolls around, but they, they have some time to work with here. Special guest Jeff Ironhead Byers joining the show once again to talk some Penn State wrestling. Uh, you are on the road, Jeff. Safe travels for this Friday, this upcoming Friday here, and Sunday at Ohio State and at Indiana. Of course, you can listen to the local radio stations if you're in the State College, Pennsylvania area. Uh, if you are out and about or if you're out of the area, go PSU Sports is the place to get it. And, of course, uh, you can see it on the screen if you're watching but at Penn State Wrestling on Twitter, uh, Penn State and then W-R-E-S-T Rest, Penn State Rest on Twitter. So, Jeff, thanks so much for the time again. Excited to have our next conversation. It'll most likely be previewing those Big Ten championships where Penn State will look to reclaim that crown that they uh, came in second. They came up short a year ago. So it'll, it'll be fun to chat next time. Thanks very much, Zach. Appreciate it. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new podcast of Locked On, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. You get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches 
all in one spot. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate the support for Locked On Nittany Lions on the YouTube channel. Go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany, and you can see it up on the screen. But if you're listening, at Zach underscore Seiko. Appreciate the follow over on Twitter. More Penn State football content, men's basketball, and wrestling to come here on Locked On Nittany Lions. So stay tuned for all of that.